I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be in the pulpit today. Uh, joy is your compass, and Jesus is your destination. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, I like to count our blessings. My blessing today, you know, I just was going through some stuff, and I just thought, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful that, that I'm under construction and that God is the superintendent. <laughs> you know, I'm just grateful for it. So, uh, so let's read our declaration. We got a declaration? We got that declaration back there, Tim? Okay. So I'm working on it, man. <laughs> well, while we wait for that, we'll go ahead and we'll pray. Father, we just surrender this time to you, God. Uh, I pray, Father, that you would open up our eyes, Father. Open up our ears to hear your word, Father. Open up our spirits to just receive it and to digest it, God. Father, we just ask that you would pour your spirit out in this place today, God. And that, uh, uh, Father, you would change us. That you would change us from the inside out, God. We don't want to leave the same way we walked in here, God. And so we thank you for your spirit. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen? Amen. 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 One, more, one more time, I want you to give it up for this worship team. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> uh, oh, that's all right, that's all right, okay. Um, so uh, before we get started, we have, we have some new people here. Can you just raise your hand real quick? All the new people. You ain't, I, I'm not going to make you come up and preach. I won't make you do that. But we got some new people in the house today. Family, welcome. Welcome them. Welcome them. Welcome them. <laughs> Ron's so humble back there. Look at him. <laughs> Don't be giving me no attention. All attention to the Lord. Well, we just welcome you to the family. Um, we're just glad that you joined us here today. Um, we got, oh, we, I, I saw it, didn't I? The declaration? All right, there it is. Come on. All right, let's read that together. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about the word today. Um, you know, God gave this to me when I was talking to a friend of mine who had a heavy heart. You know, he was going through some stuff. And um, one of the most common complaints that people have today is that they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed by things, you know. Um, and we all know that the troubles of this world find their way. They, 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 they seep into our lives. Right? And, and, and even as Christians, it happens. So the troubles of this world will seep their way into your life. And we can get overwhelmed by them. Issues can flood your personal life until we don't know which direction we headed. And even though you know Jesus, even though you know Jesus, if you don't stay focused on the, the, the principles and the promises of the Word of God, you'll find yourself lost in the shuffle again. And there's a lot of reasons that we, we find ourselves getting overwhelmed by things. I mean, just keeping up with the news is enough, you know? Like, we, we have too much access, I feel. We have too much access to too many things. And so just keeping up with the news, the other day I was, I was Googling something and, and Google decided to share with me that the drummer Travis Barker shaved Kourtney Kardashian's son's head. And there was a photo attached, so I was like, I, I guess I want to see it. So there I was looking at Rain, his name is Rain, looking at Rain's head. And then the next thing I knew, I found out that I didn't even know, but Social media was mad at Janet Jackson. They, they, they were reacting to Janet Jackson because she was trolling Amari Hardwick on his birthday. What? Why am I even looking at this? I don't even know who Amari Hardwick is. 
So why am I even paying attention to this? We got too much access to too much stuff. I forgot what I was even, what I had originally went to go look for, right? There's just too much information out there. And social media, don't even let me get started, social media. That's everybody's thoughts and opinions all day long. And I don't know about you, but I got my own thoughts and opinions that I battle with all day long. I don't need yours. It can be overwhelming. Did you know that there was a detailed list of the 10 largest toilet paper brands in the United States? We don't even need 10 brands of toilet paper. It's toilet paper. We need one, two-ply, please. Emails can be overwhelming. You know, I sat at the barbershop the other day with my son, and I was getting his hair cut, and it gave me time to go through and delete the 1,869 emails that I had. And those are all lighthearted things. Those are all fun, fun things that, that uh, you can get overwhelmed by. But um, we can all be overwhelmed by pretty, some pretty serious stuff, right? A lot of people could be overwhelmed by their jobs, working too many hours, not a good home work-life balance. I'm doing all the work. Nobody appreciates me. I'm overwhelmed. A lot of people are, are overwhelmed by debt, by debt. Like, I got all these bills, I got these credit card payments, like, I can't, I can't seem to get ahead. I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul, like, I mean, I'm just, I can't seem to get ahead. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this stuff. Our emotions, we can get overwhelmed by any emotion. We can get overwhelmed by regret, shame, guilt. Worry, anger, bitterness. A lot of people are overwhelmed by loneliness and grief. A lot of people are overwhelmed by insecurity. And, and the more insecure you are, the more you try to control people and things, which causes you to be overwhelmed by anxiety. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed by conflict? that this marriage just isn't, isn't working out, that I feel like I'm, I'm living with a stranger, or your kids are just out of control, and you don't know what to do with it. You're overwhelmed. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? So the title on my message today is Overcoming Overwhelm. Overcoming Overwhelm. So I want to I take you to uh, a story in Second Chronicles. And it's about a king, a king named Jehoshaphat. So if you don't like your name, this man's mama named him Jehoshaphat. <laughs> this is about a king named Jehoshaphat. And he was a good dude, um, you know, for the most part. He, he became king of Judah when he was 35 years old. And uh, he reigned for 25 years. And the Bible says that he followed in his father's footsteps, Asa. And he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. The Bible tells us that he was a good leader and that he led the nation, the entire nation, to a spiritual revival. This nation could use a spiritual revival right now. Our families could use a spiritual revival right now. Our communities could use a spiritual revival right now. This is how we knew what Jehoshaphat did. If we go to 2 Chronicles 19.4, it says, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. So as king, he didn't sit up in the palace and look down on the people. 
He wasn't waiting for a worship night to happen so he could come talk to him then. He wasn't waiting for everybody to come to church on Sunday morning. It says, as king, he went, he, went, he went among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim. So as king, he personally walked out into Wycliffe and, 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 and into, into Willoughby and the surrounding cities and, and talked to the people himself. He did this himself. He did it to lead the people back to the Lord. This had nothing to do with him. Like, we should know that this doesn't have to, this isn't about the ministry of a man. This is about the Holy Ghost. This ain't about me. This is about him. So not only did he personally go out, he sent his judges out as well. Sent his judges out to these, to these cities. Jehoshaphat was about God's business. He told his judges, you need to know you are judging for God. Be fair. Be honest. Be faithful. Act only out of fear for God, not man. We be reacting because a man said something. Who are you? I work for God. He says, you need to understand that God's holding us accountable for the authority we exercise. See, effective leaders, get, they get the job done. Faithful leaders are careful to make sure that they get the job done in God's way and in God's timing. They instill God's wisdom into the future leaders. This is what Jehoshaphat was doing. So what we need to understand is that we have a greater authority in us and that we're going to be held accountable for what God's entrusted us in. We're going to be held accountable for these things. So we should be aware of how we're leading our families. We should be aware of how we're leading the groups, the groups that, that he's entrusted us with. We should be aware of these things because we're going to be held accountable. We're kingdom representatives. So I can't be, I can't walk around and be old Marlin. Old things have died away. Behold, all things are new. So I can't be walking around like, hey, I'm a Christian. Cheers. That don't work out in the same sentence. Jehoshaphat was committed to the Lord and obeyed his commands. And that's what led the people back to God. It was, it was his life. It was his character. It was what he stood for. So what he'd done was successful. What Jehoshaphat had done was successful. What he'd done was good. There was revival and reform in the nation. But what do they say? What goes up must come down. For every mountain, there's a valley. For every blessing, there's a testing in our lives. And so that brings us to, uh, we're going to pick up right there, and we'll go to 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 2. And it says, it happened after this. After what? After this revival, right? After this spiritual awakening. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the uh, Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in, in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. So, things are going great for Jehoshaphat and the nation. They're on a spiritual high. And all of a sudden, not one, not two, but three nations ganged up together and came for him. That's overwhelming. 
That's overwhelming. Like, have you ever had, have you ever felt like everything just came crashing down all at once? Maybe it just happened to me. But like everything just came crashing down all at once. Like, like you've been under attack in every area of your life. In 2015, you know, I was, I was in a valley. And, 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 and I, I came out. You know, I had this newfound love for Jesus. And, and, and Pastor Michelle said, yes. I was like, oh, yeah. This isn't so bad. This is good. I had a great job. I never had a new car. I had a new car. You know, I'm in my 40s. I, you know, I just got a new car. I got a new car. We rocking out at Cavs games, got that season tickets. Everything was going good. And about two, well, that was a couple months before we got married, I got fired. I lost my job. Uh-oh. A couple months after we got married, that brand new car, it got repoed. Yeah. After that, you know, I couldn't pay for the car, so I definitely couldn't pay for Cavs tickets, right? That don't make no sense. So I got those taken away. Then credit card companies start calling me and, and start telling me they was going to Garnish wages I ain't even have. It's overwhelming. You know, if I would have had a dog, that joker would have been in trouble. The only thing I was missing was a banjo and a leaky front porch. It was overwhelming. And I just remember the, the overwhelming feeling that I felt. I was just worried about tomorrow. But how many of y'all know that tomorrow's for God? Tomorrow's for God. Today's got enough problems of itself. So Jehoshaphat had these three enemy armies coming against him. And it was overwhelming to him. But look at, look at what he did. In 2 Chronicles 23 through 4, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared. Other versions says he, he was afraid. He was alarmed. He was terrified. He was frightened. Being seized. This man, this man was scared. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. When you feel overwhelmed, don't let the problem intimidate you. Let it motivate you. Right? Let the problem motivate you. Let it motivate you to pray more. Let it motivate you to trust more. Let it motivate you to believe more. To depend on God more. Don't let it intimidate you. Let it motivate you. And I know, I know, you guys are all busy. You're all super busy, but if we ain't got time to stop and pray, our priorities need to be changed because I, I don't know anything yet that's more important than talking to Jesus. His immediate response, Jehoshaphat's immediate response was, I'm going to seek God in this affair, was seeking God and corporate fasting and prayer. It just showed his dependency. His dependency was on God. If a problem is affecting you, then you need to pray and you need to fast. You need to seek the Lord. But if Jehoshaphat, what he knew is that what was coming was going to affect the nation. It wasn't just affecting him. So he called for all hands on deck. We just finished a two-week fast here. Well, today we're finishing a two-week fast. How did everybody do on that? Man? Do all right? Yeah. This is what's so important about corporate fasting and corporate praying, because at the beginning of the year, you know, the devil ain't just coming for Pastor Troy. 
He's coming after the church. He's coming after the body. And so if a problem is affecting the church, then the solution should affect the church. Amen? If the problem is affecting your family, the solution needs to affect your family. So what I mean is that if the problem's affecting the church, Pastor Troy can't be the only one fasting and praying. The church needs to fast and pray. If the problem is affecting your family, mom can't be the only one praying. Dad can't be the only one praying. The family needs to be fasting and praying. And I don't know what that looks like with your kids. With mine, it looks like they need to, you need to put the controller down for a couple of hours and you need to sit with us. I need to sit with you and I need to pray. We need to sit and we need to pray in the morning before you go to school. We both need to hit our knees right here at your bedside before we go to bed tonight. There needs to be dependency on the Lord. And I hope right now that none of you are overwhelmed with anything. I do. But it's inevitable. At some point, the enemy's going to come knocking at your door. So what I want to do is I just want to take a look at what Jehoshaphat did, how he responded to the trouble that came knocking at his door. And, you know, this week, I just reading, reading the story, it blessed me, and I hope it blesses you. So the first thing that Jehoshaphat did was, was simple. He just, he turned to God for help. Our instinct, when we're overwhelmed by something, the first thing that we do is, is we try to plan. We try to plan and figure out how we can get ourselves out of the situation that's overwhelming us, get away from that situation. But, and I'm not saying that it's, it's bad to plan, but what we need to do is the first thing you need to do is you need to turn to God. The first thing you need to do, we need to pray before we plan. Prayer should be your first choice, not your last resort. Like, have you ever, have you ever heard somebody say, well, we tried everything else. Now all we can do is pray. <laughs> There's no judgment in this house. No judgment in this house. I know y'all heard somebody say that. You heard somebody say it. <laughs> now all we can do is pray. You, you didn't, oh, you didn't do that yet. You didn't do that yet? That's the first thing you need to do. Some of us will try everything else, everything else under the sun before we stop and talk to Jesus. When you do that, when you, when you try everything else, you just made yourself God. You just attempted to make yourself God. We'll try friends, doctors, counselors, pills, and I ain't saying nothing's wrong with any of those things. But the first thing you need to do is give God a shot. You need to bring your wife into the kitchen, into the dining room, sit down. You need to bring your kids into the dining room and sit down. You need to talk to Jesus if there's anything going on in your family. Before you even open up your mouth. I tell you, I preach to myself sometimes up here. Before you open your mouth, I done sat down and talked to, to talk to my wife. I done sat down and talked to my kids before. And afterwards, I'm like, what are you even doing? What are you talking about? Things are worse now than when you started. It's because you didn't go talk to Jesus. He is your best friend. He is the top physician. He is the best counselor. He is the solution. There's nobody like Jesus. In 2 Chronicles 24 through 5, it says, So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in assembly of Judah and, and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. They prayed. And then he prayed. My question to you is, have you prayed about it?
A lot of us think we have to wait until the three enemy nations are coming against us before we pray about it. What is it? What is it? It is whatever's troubling you. It is whatever's causing you, your heart to be heavy. It is whatever's causing you to lose sleep at night. It is what's stealing your joy. We can allow it to destroy our day. We can allow it to destroy our, our week, our month. It can even destroy your entire year. If we're not careful in following the counsel of the Apostle Paul, who tells us, who encourages us to take it and put it in its proper place behind two other words. Pray about it. Pray about it. Take it to God before it gets to you. Because we're not built to handle it. But he is. We don't, we don't even, we don't know how to deal with it. But he does. We don't know what to even, we don't even know what to do with it. But he does. So then we can, we can leave it there with him and we don't have to carry it anymore. You know why? Because we can't. But he can Here's what's so cool about God to me. Here's what's so amazing about the Lord is he doesn't want us to, to pick and choose the things that we bring to him because I think it's in, I think it's in first, first Peter 5, 7. He says um, to, to, to cast one. Uh, hold on, let me see. I think he says to cast Cast three every five days. Hold on. So I don't, I don't want to get this wrong because I know the Lord is busy and I don't want y'all blaming me when you go talk to him. <laughs> cast. It's, it's cast all your cares. He said cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. Cast all of them. There's not one that's too big. There's not one that's too small. He said, cast all of them. Take them to him. If it's, if it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If it is small enough for you to worry about, it's small enough for you to pray about. He said, cast them all on me. We can create a lighter load for our day if we just, when we got up, we, whatever it is that was on your mind, you took it to him and laid it there and just took your hands off of it. You know what that does for you? That when your day, as your day progresses, when, whenever that time starts coming up, that, that it has to be done and you begin to worry, what you can do is you can say, oh, you know what? I, I gave that, I gave it to him. I gave that to him this morning. I don't have to worry about that no more. It's under his control. Don't let it take no more sleep from you. Don't let it take no more joy from you. Don't let it continue to rob you of the person that God has created you to be. Amen? First thing you need to do is you need to turn to God. The second thing he did, second thing we need to do, is to focus on God, not the problem. Focus on God, not the problem. Jehoshaphat didn't start praying about the enemies that were coming his way. He knew they were coming. But what, what he didn't do is he didn't give the problem any, of atten any, any attention. He didn't give them any of his attention. He immediately turned his attention to God. What are you giving your attention to? It all depends on what you're focusing on. When you pray, you need to take the focus off of the problem. You can't, you can't pray about my health is so bad. I don't have enough money, Lord. I don't have enough energy. 
I don't have enough, I don't have enough help, Lord. No, no, no. Take your attention off of the problem and place it on the solution. Turn it to God. God, I thank you that I'm enjoying the fullness of life. Father, I thank you that I have more than enough, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your help and your guidance, God. Lord, I, help, I thank you, Father, that you're holding me up with your righteous right hand. Begin to thank him for what he's doing in your life. It all depends on what you're giving your attention to. If you're only looking at or if we're only looking at the negative things and the problems in life, then you're going to get overwhelmed by it. I love um, perspective pictures. They're always, like, really cool. And I was reading about forced perspective. Anybody know forced perspective? Mm-hmm. Forced perspective is done when you alter the scale of an object. So uh, bigger objects look small and smaller objects look big. So this is done by distance and placement and, and camera angles. By placing bigger objects in the background, they look small. When you place smaller objects in the foreground, then, then they look big. All right? So this just creates like this realistic, mind-boggling like photo. So, so here's, here's a couple. Give me the first photo. Yeah. So that would, that would, that would stink if, you know, here I, you're out in the desert just taking photos and, and this clumsy dude right here accidentally steps on your car. Right? You're like, sorry. The next photo is, look at Braxton. Braxton, that's my son. He wish he was that big. He wants to play in the NBA. I believe it. Y'all believe with me? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. Daddy need, daddy need a, a new house. That's a, the next picture right there. This is, you know, this is what Pastor Michelle looks like when she's angry. She just, uh, she just don't turn green. <laughs> the next picture. Now this right here, this is what our problems look like to us when we focus all of our attention on them. You know, the, but the, the problem is, is that we place God over here with us in our friend circle. When the reality is, the next picture, is that he's got the whole world in his hands. He didn't have to stand on his tiptoes to put the stars in the sky. He's got the whole world in his hands. We need to take our problems out of the foreground. Take them out of the foreground of your lens and remember how big your God is. You see, the bigger, the, the bigger your God is, the smaller your problem becomes. Our biggest problems won't seem so impossible or overwhelming when we look at the omnipotence of God. He's all-powerful. He always has been in control and always will be. Nothing's too hard for him. With God, anything, anything, anything is impossible. Amen? In verse 6, Jehoshaphat reminded himself, man, I, I got a big problem. I do. It's a big problem. But God, you are so much bigger than that big problem. You got to remind yourself how big he is. Change your lens and look through eyes of faith. The next thing he did was he remembered what God had done. He remembered what God had done in his life. He reminded himself what God had done in the past. If we look at 2 Chronicles 27, it says, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? He was, he was reminding himself of what God had done in the past. He said, Hey, aren't you the God? that brought us out of slavery after 400 years? Aren't you that one? Aren't you, aren't you the God that fed us 
manna from heaven? You're that one. You're that God. Aren't you the God that, 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 that sprang water from a rock? Aren't you that God? Aren't you the God that when we found, that we found ourselves trapped, we didn't know where else to go, that you opened up the waters and allowed us to walk across on dry ground? You are that God. Aren't you the one? We've all been through some pretty messed up stuff, I'm sure, in life. What we need to remember is whether you knew him or not, he brought you through it. That's why you're here today. That's why we're still here today. Whether you knew him or not. Because in 2015, I called out, I need your help. And I didn't know who I was talking to, but he answered me. I didn't have a relationship with this God, but he showed up. You need to remind yourself. And don't be fooled. Don't fool yourself. Don't think for one minute that you got here on your own. You got to remind yourself that he's the one and make it personal. Make it personal. You got to tell him, God, you're the one. You're the one that brought me through all the violence, Father. You're the one, God. You are the one who brought me through the abuse, God. Father, you are the one. You are the one who delivered me from addiction, God. Father, you are the one. You're the one who delivered me from, from sickness and depression and loneliness, Father. You're the one who got me through the divorce. You're the one. You got to remind yourself. He's the one. And if he did it before, he will do it again. He will do it again. Remind yourself. You got to remember all the ways. All the ways he helped you in the past. And be confident. Be confident that he's still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same God. He doesn't change. Not because of how you feel, not because of what you say, not because of what you think. Nothing changes God. Next thing we need to do is you got to remember what God has promised. You got to remember what he promised Sometimes you got, I got to remind you, God, what you promised me. I'm standing here, man. This don't look nothing like the promise, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to remind you what you promised me, man. That's all. Second Chronicles 27, the second half, he talks about the land, and he said, and, and, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. You remember that, God? I told you when I was in my early 20s, I ran a, 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 a little club in, in Lorraine. And every, every weekend, my play cousin Max would show up. Y'all got, y'all know who play, play cousin. Y'all got play cousins. You know, my play cousin would show, would show up every weekend. And he'd be at the door, you know, and I'm standing, I would hear, Marlon, Marlon. I'd look over there and he'd be like, he'd point at the bouncer, you know. At some point, I don't know when, I must have told him, don't worry about it, you ain't got to pay to get in. And so he came every week and reminded me, Marlon, come on, man. And I wave him in, you know, I'm, come on in, man, jeez. Let, let him in, let him in, come on in. He reminded me. He come over, all right, man, thanks, good, look at how man, you got me tonight. I'm like, what you talking about, I got you, I just let you in, you know, come, come on, come on. But that, that was a long, 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 long time ago. A long time ago, Pastor. <laughs> he will remind me. Jehoshaphat was doing just that. He said, God, come on. God, come on, man. 
Like you remember Abraham, Abraham, the promise, like this, this is ours, right? You, you gave this to us, right? You ain't great just let them march in here and take what you gave to us, right? This is us, God. Come on, man. It's me, J-Fat. You know, it's me. Come on, God. You ain't just great. Let them come in here and take this, are you, God? This is him. <laughs> he reminded God what he had, what he had given him. You got to remind him. God, you said that if I look up and if I see horses and chariots coming against me, do not be afraid. Because you, my Lord and my God, you are right here with me. Father, you said that even if I walk in the midst of trouble, hmm that you would preserve my life. That you would hold, you would stretch your hand out against the anger of my foes. And with your right hand, you would save me. You got to remind him. You got to remind yourself. Remember what he promised you. This is why it's, it's so important just to know the basic knowledge of the word of God. Because when, when, when attacks come in your life, and they're, they're going to come. They're going to come. When attacks come in your life, we can sit down and just be open and honest and real with God about what we're going through. You can, you can talk to him and allow him to speak to you through his word. There, there are over 7,000 promises to you in this word. Over 7,000 of them. But to activate them, you got to know some of them. You just got to know some of them. And then be fully convinced, be fully convinced that he will do what he said he'll do. When you know him, you, you, can, you can just sit down and you, can, and you can talk to him. When you know him. When you know him like I know him. You can just sit down and you can just say, God, you know what? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what this, what's going on, what's, what's happening right now. I don't even know if I'm making the right decision. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And I think, I think what, what he'd tell you is, don't worry about it. I, I know the plans that I have for you. Not to harm you, but to prosper you. To give you a hope and to give you a future. I think that's what he might tell you. You can sit down with him and you can say, God, look, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't, I don't know why I'm so afraid. I don't know why I'm so scared. And I, and I think what he would tell you is, don't worry about it, man. I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He might, he might say something like that to you. You could sit down and you could say, God, listen, I am scared. This week has sucked. I'm trying to figure things out and I, I'm, I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted right now, God. And I think he would tell you that perfect love cast out all fears. And, and then he might even tell you that it's in, your, it's in your weakness. Don't worry about it. It's in your weakness that my strength is perfected. I think he might tell you something like that, church. You just got to know some of them. The Bible could be intimidating when you pick it up. But you got everything. You got Google. You got it all. You got to sit down in the Word. There's, we got a small book here. That, that, this, is just, this book is dedicated to it. This says God's promises for your every need. You have to seek him any way possible. You have to seek him. You have to endeavor to know the promises of God. Do whatever it takes to know what he promised you. You got to turn to God. You need to turn to God. You need to pray. 
You need to focus on God, not your problem. You need to know who he is. You need to know what he's done. And then know the promises that belong to you. Amen? I love this story of Jehoshaphat, and I think we're going to come back to it next week. I think we're going to do a series on Jehoshaphat. Right now, stand with me as we close. Before we get started, everybody say, I, I am an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Allowing yourself to stay in a state of overwhelmed by the things that you've done, that pressure and that uncertainty, it just causes a bunch of anxiety in your life. Don't give it another minute, another minute of your time. Stop allowing it to steal your peace. Stop allowing it to steal your joy. Stay committed to the Lord. and Don't let problems intimidate you, but let them motivate you. Every problem that comes your way, let it motivate you. Let it motivate you to pray more. Let it motivate you to trust him more. Let it motivate you to believe more this week. Make 2023 the year that you challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to fast. Challenge yourself to pray. Challenge yourself to deny your flesh and get away from the things of this world. Find your dependency in the Lord. Look at your, your days through a heavenly perspective. Keep Jesus in the foreground. Leave all your problems in the rearview mirror. Build your life around prayer. Don't build prayer around your life. Turn to God for help. And whatever it is, give it to him. Give it to him and take your hands off of it. Don't matter how big it is, doesn't matter how small it is. Just give it to him. He can handle it. Remember what God's done in your life. What he's brought you through. What he's doing right now in your life. Turn all your focus to him. And thank him. Thank him for where he's taking you. Because he's taking you somewhere. Remind him of his promises. Remind yourself of his promises. God's not a man that he should lie. He wants to guide you. He wants to prosper you. He's a big God. surrounding the problem that was sitting in front of him. And so, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you would open our eyes, God, that you would open the eyes of your people today, 
to help us realize, Father, that there's nothing too big for you. Lord, help us look at everything that we're going through through a heavenly perspective, through a heavenly lens, God. This week, Father, I pray that whatever comes our way, God, that we would turn to you first. That we would turn to you first, that we would hit our knees, that we would speak to you. We thank you, Jesus, for tearing the veil so that we could walk boldly into the throne room and speak to our, our daddy. There's no one like you, God. There's no one like you, God. Remind us, Father, of all that you've done, all that you're doing in our lives, God. clarity, God. Clarity to, to, to minds right now, Father. That you would heal hearts right now, Jesus. That you would restore families right now, Lord. We thank you for being such an amazing God, such a big God. We love you, Jesus, and we bless you today. In your mighty name we pray. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, we want to do that right now. That is why we are here. It is the most important thing that you will ever do in your entire existence. Maybe you just need to renew that relationship and give your heart back to Jesus. Let's do that together. Everybody just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Transform me. Make me brand new. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. I declare from this day on, I will live for you. We'll have some of our uh, altar ministers and pastors up here if you need prayer. We want to pray with you. I thank all of you guys for being here today. I love you. I love you. I love you. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard.